All right, folks, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. We've got uh, a guy who's been on multiple times. He's a guy I really enjoy on his podcast that he co-hosts with the great Ross Tucker, Bet Sweats, available wherever you find your podcast, and also uh, amazing work on 670, the score, the best sports station in Chicago, one of the best in the country, just my humble opinion, Joe Ostrowski. Joe, always a pleasure, brother. How are you? Well, now we can just wrap up the show after that build up. I mean, I can't top that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I tried to, I tried to uh, give, you know, proper due to, to when, uh, you know, guys like yourself come on. So it's always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there's a lot to discuss, a lot going on. So I'm open uh, to whatever you want to go over. It's just, it's nonstop, man. It's just nonstop with the, with the sports. And right as summer coming to a close, like college football just wrapped up on Monday, uh, you turn around and there's a couple more sports starting. Yeah, and, and we'll get to those because, I mean, NHL starts tonight. Uh, baseball's right around the corner. Uh, we've got the NFL playoffs this weekend. But, you know, before we get into any of that, uh, I, I imagine you have some opinions uh, we see a lot of head coaching moves, a lot of GM moves taking place in the NFL, but not in Chicago. Uh, what's going on? Are they, are they watching something? Are they watching the 85 bears, uh, NFL films highlight reel? What, what's going on over there? Well, so I just wrapped up my Wednesday show of bet sweats. And as we are speaking here a little bit before noon, they just uh, they're doing their press conference right now. So all I do, all I see on my Twitter timeline is people just shitting on the bears and everything they're saying. <laughs> it's it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot for me. I'm going to have to be in a special mood for it appears for me to go back and listen to this. This is the only time of the year we we hear the owners sit down, George McCaskey, and we hear from the president. Ted Phillips is the only time of the year they speak. And uh, we, we rarely hear from the GM and uh, we hear way too much from the head coach, but that's how it is in a lot of different cities. So it's status quo with the bears. It's exactly what I said. If you follow me at Joe 0670, as the season was coming to a close um, in the regular season, even before the playoff game. No, no, I did it this past Sunday, right? At, at, as uh, that terrible game was coming to an end there against the saints. I told people exactly what was going to happen. It's just because I know this team and, and I've been watching them for way too long and I know exactly how they operate. It's not be there are these built in excuses because of a, of a COVID year and all that stuff. I, I knew they were going to run back the entire thing. They were going to get um, excited and, and feel like the end of the season, there's a reason to be optimistic. There's no reason to be optimistic because the success that they had was going against the 30th, 31st, and 32nd best defenses in the NFL when they finally scored some points in year three of the Matt Nagy tenure. And uh, even though they lost six games in a row, even though they matched their 8-8 eight and eight record from a year ago, they're going to run it back for a little bit more. And uh, as far as the, the big changes, we get word on Tuesday evening Chuck Pagano is quote retiring. Well, it's, that's not what it is. It's they told him, okay, you can either say you're retiring or we're going to fire you. So you decide that's how this is going to go down. 
um, even though the better unit of the two is obviously the defense. And the other change that we'll see, uh, this won't be addressed right now, is they're going to move on from Mitchell Trubisky finally after four seasons in Chicago, a complete bust out. Ryan Pace, not only did he pass on Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, and nationally, that's what you're going to hear, and that's what you're going to hear for the next 20, 30, 40 years. It's never going away for Bears fans because there's a decent shot. Both of those guys end up in the Hall of Fame, and the Bears took the first quarterback of the draft, and it was Trubisky. But not only that, it's that the general manager moved up to avoid getting stuck with Watson or Mahomes to take his guy, Trubisky. So they're finally going to move on from Trubisky. Nick Foles will still be here, and they'll do something else. That's a scary thought. The same guy that paid a lot of money to Glennon, that drafted Trubisky second overall, that traded for, not just brought in, but traded for Nick Foles, gave up assets and a lot of money for that guy at this stage in his career. It's scary to say that you're going to you're going to entrust him to go get quarterback number 4 of his regime. Why oh, why do I just have visions of Gardner Minshew with the headband and the, I'd and kill the... for Minshew. I'd kill for <laughs> Minshew right now. I, I feel I it, that feels like a move that that just seems like a a, a Bears guy right there. Uh but you know hey Mitch won an MVP award so you know that MVP. M- yeah. NVP. Well, you know, hey, Nickelodeon doesn't go give those out willy nilly, man. I don't know. It was the first one ever, so yeah. I have no idea how how the voting process goes. Well, I do. Apparently, it was a it was a bunch of kids. So I had it on the the corner TV. I wasn't listening to a ton, but I was watching what they were doing. I I, I know we're laughing and uh, we're laughing at Trubisky's expense here, but I gotta tell you, you know, the NFL usually isn't out ahead of things. I thought that was a great idea and smart. And I don't, you know, I, I have a sample size of one. I, I have the experience in my house. I just, one thing I do know is that my daughter watched more football than she's watched in the six combined years of her life. And she was more interested in a football game than she ever has before because of the graphics they threw up because of the slime line, because they, they had kids on the show and there was a, a girl in the booth. Like, I thought it went over big time and the ratings showed. No, it was phenomenal. It really was. And uh, I, I hope they do that again. I, you know, I For just, a good game. F- yeah. Throw <laughs> one game a year on there. Throw one NBA game a year on there. I don't know how you slime line a baseball game, but throw that on some, some fun like that. Uh, hopefully it's, it's more the norm. Uh, we got a packed weekend, man. Uh, first off, how'd you do wild card weekend and, and heading into the playoffs, you know, you only get four games. So are you still rolling with that teaser idea that we talked about last time? Or do you look to, you know, just get an opinion and, and try and hammer it on the teaser front. It's a little more challenging right now because, when you have 12 games or a full slate of 16 games, you're going to find spots where you're able to go through both key numbers, the seven and the three. And that's tough to find. You find it in one, one spot this weekend. And uh, we'll go over the games in a bit, but there's just one game right now, as we talk on Wednesday morning, where you go through two key numbers. So yes, I'm looking at teasers every single week. 
Um, but it doesn't mean it's probably as profitable as it is in the regular season when you have a full slate of games. As far as wild card weekend, by the way, Stucast, let me tell you, um, if you were down on the expanded playoff format, you're going to be bothered in the future because that thing's not going anywhere. How awesome was the triple header back-to-back days? I think this is going to be here to stay. It's not going to be because of the COVID year. Uh, we're going to have w- one team on by. Uh, moving forward in each conference. There's no question about it. How I did, you know, I did pretty good on the sides and the player props got me. I just didn't have a good read on on some of the player props, some of the derivatives that I was taking a look at. Like I thought Brady would have some issues with that Washington front. Uh, That did not happen at all. But as far as the sides, I was pretty good. I was on the Colts since that thing got to seven. I was mentioning that all week on bets. That's that's the side I like. I lean to the Rams. You're giving Sean McVay points against the Seahawks defense, which struggled in the second half. I know, rather, the offense struggled in the second half. And then they move on uh, from Brian Schottenheimer. They they fire him as they should have. The entire second half of the season, just pitiful. The defense gets better. I don't know what's going on in Seattle. I mean, mean, uh, we talk about John Schneider being this guru uh, and Pete Carroll being a guru. And, and you look at some of these deals they made. I mean, the Jamal Adams trade in retrospect uh, just doesn't age well. Well, they're 12 and four in the regular season. And they, they seem to outperform their expectations every single year. And I feel like it's a thing we do every summer. And we're saying, okay, this is the year for the Seahawks. They're going to take a step or two back. This is the year. And I don't like how they're they're handling their offseason. I don't like how things are lining up. And they're impressive every regular season. And then the issue seems to be when they get to the postseason. Now, and they win all these close games during the year. And then the problem is exactly what Pete Carroll had to say right after the season wrapped up. Like, they're focused on running the football when they have Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf to work with on offense. You know, it's just like, what year are you playing in? It's 2021 now. I, I don't know what year. Are they still playing in the 90s, early 2000s? That's what that's what it appears like. Uh, Colts, yeah, I had a good read on that game. I, I leaned Rams there. Uh, Washington football team, I had them plus the points. So that hit. I, I was on the Ravens minus three. So the sides I liked, it was just uh, some of the other stuff not as successful with the player props. Brown Steelers, I, I didn't have a play there specifically on that game i did have the browns in a round robin just where i picked a bunch of money money line underdogs so that thing hit but i just didn't know what to expect out of cleveland and wow um boy i didn't know what to expect going in and you play that game a hundred more times you're probably not getting that result no you certainly aren't and uh i i wonder that line opened up exorbitantly high and then kept trickling down. And then by kickoff, I think I saw it as low as five and a half. Yeah. And even like, it's one of those, they knew deals. It feels like, because, you know, you look at everything that was against the Browns, but man, it really feels like maybe Vegas pegged it right. And, and big Ben is just done. Yeah. I mean, now, I didn't bet, as I mentioned, the side on this game, but just my overall opinion when I heard, got to bet the Steelers, 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 line creeps up, don't have their head coach. 
my whole thing was, well, wait a second. How do we handicap this? Because we haven't seen this before. We, we've never seen um, a head coach slash play caller be unavailable for a game. We haven't seen COVID issues on the offensive line on top of that news. Oh, wait, their top corner's out. Oh, wait, they haven't practiced all week. So it was like, how do we handicap that? And for people that were betting on the Steelers, I think where the, the mistake was made is they weren't taking a look at Pittsburgh. It was like a blind bet against the Browns instead of a bet on Pittsburgh. You've got to take a look at what the Steelers were doing, and they were terrible over the last month and a half. Almost like a inverse of that, uh, that exact scenario in the champion national championship game, you find out Kirk Herbstreet's tweeting out an hour before kickoff. Hey, a lot of guys are going to be out. Some important guys for Ohio State are going to be out. I won't tell you who, but you'll just see. Yeah. And, you know, the line shoots up. Uh, I think I saw about a point to a point and a half movement, like, you know, shortly before kickoff. Uh uh, you know, and then there, you know, obviously Bama covers big line movement, I should say. Uh, wh- what is something that you like how close to kickoff or, you know, beforehand? Is that something that you're consistently worried about? I mean, this year, different year, you're finding out guys are playing or are not playing like right beforehand. But like, is this is this normal? Uh, no. Nothing about this season is normal. And Stukas, I know you're a huge college football guy, but I've got to tell you that it just reached a point where I got really mad. And I was just like, and and I'm not mad at anybody in particular. It's what we're dealing with in this world right now. But, you know, part of it is them forcing the kids to go out there and play. And, you know, we all know about the money grabs that we just witnessed. And sure, I would still watch. I stopped betting it. How, how do you bet? And we see it on a daily basis in the NBA as well. Well, and college least, basketball as well. Well, yeah, but at least, you know, in the NBA, they're professionals. Yeah. What, what, what are we, what are we doing right now? I mean, seriously, why are they playing? And then if you're betting it on a daily basis, you have no idea who's even playing. Like it just became unbettable to me. So, yeah, no, we've never seen anything like that or anything like this. I don't know that we're ever going to see anything like it again. But I was just so frustrated to a point where I I stopped watching a lot of college football. Like I used to watch every single game. I stopped watching a lot of it and I definitely stopped betting on it. Um, And I say watching like when I was on my my extended break over uh, Christmas and New Year's. I wasn't watching many of those bowl games. And I wonder if that was because of the COVID year, don't know the players, more opt-outs than ever before, or just the state of college football where everything is about the playoff. So these bowl games mean absolutely nothing. When we were younger, every bowl game meant something. And there are so many, and it's all about the playoff. Like, who really cares? Why Why am I going to sit there and watch random bowl game? For what? Yeah, I think really, well, for me, you know, I think the, I, I love watching, you know, Georgia Southern take on Marshall or something. I, I, I watch those games. I enjoy it, but I'm not, I'm the minority. I'm the very minor section of college football fans that, you know, outside of your team or your school, 
there there's things that exist out of it. And I know that. I'm, well, well I'm, the other part is, well, let me add on that. Like you mentioned a couple small schools and you love doing that. Well, and I think there are a lot of people like that. And that's why we love March madness so much. Like you sure. get in, you get into that in the first couple rounds. The committee has told you, even if you're undefeated, no matter what you accomplish, if you're not part of the club, if you're not in a power five conference, you have a 0.0 chance of ever participating with the big boys. That's pissed. That pisses me off too. Uh, I used to be, I used to be a proponent of not expanding the playoff because you know, I always thought that Bama, you know, who wants to see Bama play Cincinnati? But I, do. Um, I am starting to come around on this idea that probably more is better. And it's probably it, it it'll help save the game. I know it's not a conversation that we were, you know, we kind of just kind of floated into this. But, you know, if you expand the playoff, it gives more teams uh, a fighting chance it's a recruiting tool because let's face it i mean college football is it, it's the very few and the the rest are have nots yeah is that exciting to you that every year in the championship game in the playoffs we're talking about the same few schools again and again it's Bama, uh, sometimes georgia well lsu last year because they had joe burrow that isn't the norm it's Ohio State, you know, when, when if USC is ever good again, they'll be in the mix. If Texas is good again, Notre Dame's in there and people are mad that Notre Dame gets in there, but they earned their spot this year. Uh, does it bother, bother you that we're talking about the same few schools? It's kind of like, okay, college football loves to brag about the regular season and how great it is, but how much does the regular season really matter? Because we know that it's going to be Clemson if they're good in the end. Yeah, that, there, there is a fair point to that. Uh, you know, it's just one of these things where I, I talk to, uh, I'm on uh, the Scoop on the U. Be, I'll be on there tonight at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, catch it on YouTube. But when we, talk, when we talk to those guys, they're talking about Miami and, and you know, trying to, Miami's a big name school. But they're just kind of on the outside looking in because a team like Texas will fire an entire staff. They'll come up with $30 million. They'll, they'll renovate the, the stadium for 50 million. They'll invest in a private plane for the coach for 10 million. You know, it, it's crazy numbers. They're big time franchises. They're not even schools anymore. They're franchises. And the rest of the schools just seem like, oh, this is an athletic team uh, here at our school. They're not, you know, Northwestern's not pretending they're they're like the Chicago Bulls or the Blackhawks. They're not. They're not like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I didn't expect to go down this road either. It was just I, I found it to be a frustrating college football season in general at every level. And it's many different re for many different reasons. So I'm, I'm pretty sour. I mean, I was also, we're in big 10 country and I was sour on, um, on how the big 10 handled things and oh, okay, we're going to make these rules and then we're going to make it, we're going to change it as we go along. Oh, wait, oh, we don't like this chance. Oh, Ohio state's not going to be in it. 
fuck that. We're changing the rules. <laughs> fuck you, Indiana. Go die. We don't care. You're you're not gonna be you're not gonna be representing us in the Big Ten championship game. Uh-uh. We want Ohio State in. They're getting in. Let's change the rules. Man, you know what? I, I really got a funny feeling that some some big moves are coming. And, it, you know, where NCAA is going to be in 10 years is a, a lot different than where it is now. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I, Kevin Warren certainly did not win uh, boss of the year. Uh, uh, brutal. This weekend, though, uh, getting back to the NFL, uh, yeah. what's, what's a game you really like? You know, I, you mentioned the Colts-Bills game. And, and being right on the Colts there, I, you know, that was the only game I actually did okay in. I middled it. Uh, I thought it was a three-point game. And so that worked out really great for me. But, you know, this is still a pretty uh, a pretty nice little group of games here. Is there one that you're singling in that you think that there's value for you? One? There's like, I'm going to bet every game, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, well I, I would say I, I have a I have a stronger opinion. I can't pick one. I can I can give you three. So do you, do you want to go over each one? Why don't, why don't yeah, you we can do some quick off, hits. Start the game that, that you uh, pick the game that you want to start with, because, you know, I've got opinions probably that I'll bet on a side on three of them. Yeah. You know, let's start with uh, the Bills Ravens and a game that I think is is probably going to be uh, you know, probably the most watched, I think it, that's what it just feels like. It feels like a lot of people are going to have eyes on it. Bill's mafia, uh, is a thing. The Ravens defensive line getting, uh, Calais back, uh, that defensive line just ate Derrick Henry alive. That offensive line, which has been amazing for Tennessee all year. He really struggled. Buffalo really isn't interested in running the ball. They're more of a passing dynamic. I mean, is it as simple as Buffalo can throw it and if their defense can hang around and and kind of stifle Lamar Jackson, make him throw the ball, it's just a Buffalo's going to run away with it? Um, yeah, I don't view it. I don't view it that way at all. So as far as the point spread, uh, right now on Wednesday, we're sitting at two and a half. It touched three over the weekend, and some sharper money drove that uh, point spread down a bit. And now it's actually uh, climbing a little bit more because I did see it around uh, two earlier in the week. So we're sitting here, as I mentioned, at two and a half. Um, it's interesting. So some of the chatter that I've heard around the game, it's uh, it, you hear, okay, well, you know, the Bills are, are well coached. They have a good young quarterback. They're the really hot team. Well, the Ravens are well coached. And they have a really good young quarterback who just won his first playoff game in impressive fashion. It, it, they're a really hot team. Look at their schedule and what they've accomplished over the last couple of months. Some poor teams at the end of the regular season, but they're doing their, their thing. Each team has won like six in a row, I believe. So it's just like, it, it feels like people are picking a side and they're just making a case for their side. Uh, the biggest mismatch in this game, no doubt, it's the Ravens run game against the Bills defense. Yep. What the what the Ravens are accomplishing with their run game in the 2020 season blows my mind. Passing league, 
sexy thing. Talk about the pass game. It's all about the quarterback. But they are embarrassing their opponents. They're imposing their will on teams week after week after week. And I know it's Titans defense. They're terrible. I get that. But it's the playoffs, too. They did it again. Something's going right when every week you're rattling off 250, 300 rushing yards in a game. So that that's where I'm looking. I, I think that's the biggest mismatch in this game. I think the point spreads off a little bit. It should be closer to a pick 'em. So if, if you're getting three, I I like the Ravens getting the points in this spot. Uh, wh- where is their big weakness on the team? Maybe the pass game, and that's what people will point to that that back the Bills here. But it's not like Buffalo impressed me all that much against the Colts. They let Indianapolis back into the game. And uh, this really feels like Ravens time. I think they're going to win this game outright. And I'm really looking forward to it. You mentioned the most watched game. Maybe a lot of people will be watching Bucks, Saints, uh, Brady and Breeze in that one. It's the last game of the weekend. Sunday night, they always have the biggest audiences. But uh, earlier today on Bet Sweats, talked to a bookmaker, Jeff Davis, out at Circa Sports in Las Vegas. And he's like, yeah, this is going to be the most bet game for sure. The, and there are strong opinions on both sides tons of money coming in on the ravens conversely tons of money coming in on the bills so uh a lot of people can't wait for this one you mentioned the other game i wanted to pick your brain about uh this bucks saints game now they played week one uh i was on the bucks then uh that was a horrible mistake and then i developed alzheimer's uh and bet the bucks Mm -hmm. again because I felt like it was a great spot at home for him. And uh, I you didn't rem- have to sweat that one. No, no, not much sweating. Uh, pretty much nap time at that point. Uh, why is this line three? It feels like the, this is this is the spot that, like, if you're looking at the Saints and, and what they've done to this team, uh, you know, hard to, hard to envision that third time's the charm. It's interesting. Um, like I mentioned with the last game, you remember that game, uh, Choose Your Adventure? Yeah. So it's kind of like that with NFL playoff betting and what I'm hearing in the space right now. Uh, choose your side and then formulate your argument instead of how it should work is you break down the game and the matchups and, and you kind of figure out where the advantages are or disadvantages descending depending on which perspective you're looking at and then you make your pick it feels like people are making their pick and then they're gonna to make their case after they make their pick and that's what's happening in this game along with many others so what they're doing in buck saints i'll give you an example is so if you pick the bucks what are you saying about this game well they have new orleans new orleans uh rather well, you know, it's tough to beat a team three times in a year. It's really hard to do that. Teams know each other well. Like, I don't know that that's going to happen. Are they really going to lose three straight times in one season to the exact same team? I don't know about that. Well, if you look at the numbers, when the, when you have that opportunity in the past, when you're swept in the regular season, divisional opponent, and you meet up in the playoffs, actually the numbers tell you that most of the time, that team that won twice in the regular season ends up winning the third time. Or if, if you're picking the other side and you're saying, okay, well, I like the saints. Oh, it's because 
they've got their number. They crushed them. I would say I'm throwing out week one. I that's like a different season right now. Yeah. Literally Brady's that's a fair point. Brady's first game in this offense. And and Brady's playing the best ball that he's played in a long, long time. By far the best football that he's played all season long. Last five games, 14 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, last four, he's averaging 380 yards. I'm not well, talking- playing the Lions will help. Yeah, but uh, that was not bump slang last week. Washington is a top five defense in this league, and look what he did against them. And it's not just Brady, too. We got, we got to take them all into account, and he has all of his weapons available. Give that Bucks offensive line credit because all week we heard about the football team's front and how they're going to dominate. We're going to see Chase Young, Montez Sweat, all these guys in the backfield all day. When did that happen? I didn't see it. And uh, I want to give credit to Heineke, what he was able to do. But, man, this Bucks O-line is impressive right now. So, I, so I'm not putting too much, especially that first game. Now, I get it. Uh, week 9, that Sunday night football game, we were all expecting a good matchup, and it's a five-score game. It's 38-3. to three. It was an absolute joke. I, I disagree with you on the line. I think it's perfect. I really do. Because you have the team favored that won both matchups. It shouldn't be any higher. If it is any higher, you're going to get a lot of money on the dog. And they saw that earlier this week because this thing opened at three and a half. And then you saw money come in uh, on the dog there. So that's why it's sitting at three. And I don't really see it moving much. This is the common disparity that you see. The most common uh, difference, the difference of three. It's uh a key number in NFL betting. So I don't think it's going to come off here. I actually lean to the underdog here. I I would take the same, the, rather the Bucks. I'm sorry. I keep messing the, these two teams up. Uh, I, I would take the Bucks getting the points the way Brady is playing right now, but it's going to be a good one. And uh, the underrated part of this matchup is if you've been paying attention, you know how strong both of these defenses are. So it might not be as high scoring as some would expect. You know, I uh, I can't thank you enough. I, I I'm telling you, Bet Sweats has been really nice. It's a great listen, folks. Uh, I like the way you guys break it up. It, it's nice. You you can pick. You going back to choose your own adventure. Hey, do you want do you want to listen to college basketball? Or you want to listen to some NFL stuff or some college football stuff recently that you guys have been doing all season? Whatever game in town you guys are covering it. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit more where it's at. Uh, the show for today looks amazing. Uh, if you want to plug that and, and anything else you got going on. Yeah, of course. Uh, bet sweats. We're having a lot of fun with the show and, you know, we just started as the NFL season was getting going. So, I mean, we're, we're still trying to figure things out as we move along, but it's been a lot of fun so far. It's Monday through Friday. On Radio.com, myself and NFL analyst Ross Tucker. It is streamed live on the Radio.com app or Radio.com slash BetSweats weekdays, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. But I know most people uh, take it via podcast. That's anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify. It's also available Radio.com. Subscribe. All the stuff's there. Yeah, and, and StuCast, we like to, to hit on a little bit of everything. We bring in some some guests too on the NFL today. We had NFL analyst for ESPN, Matt Bowen on the show. We went over all four matchups with him. Um, and uh, my guy, Zach price, he's a pro sports better. 
He specializes in the NBA and golf, so we hit on that with him. We had a bookmaker on today, Jeff Davis from Circa. We were bouncing all over the place. NHL, we hit on some NHL with him with the season starting because he specializes in that area. So uh, it's a little something for everybody. We, we talk mostly NFL right now, and that's going to happen any sports betting show during the, during the NFL season. But uh, we're bouncing around, and we're getting you set. If, if you're uh, getting ready to plunge into NBA betting, NHL and uh, baseball's right around the corner. Yeah, and I got a feeling uh, it's going to be a tough NHL season for me and you with your Blackhawks and my Red Wings. I think they're both Yikes. plus $8 billion to win the Cup. So um, going to be a tough season, but I, I'm still I'm itching to watch some hockey. Yeah, Hawks are going to suck. <laughs> I, I don't understand these organizations that just refuse to admit what they're doing. We, we got it, man. You won three cups, understood. You're going to have to reset at some point. You're going to have to go through some rebuilding. It's okay to admit it. A any intelligent observer is well aware of what's happening, but just we see it with so many different pro teams, and that's how the Blackhawks are handling business right now. By the way, they just handed out uh, a two-year extension to their head coach, Jeremy Colleton, which I find fascinating because many of the veteran players are not fans of Colleton at all. Yeah, it's got it's got some uh, fringy Mike Babcock type uh, vibes to it. Uh, mm -hmm. If I can if I can relate it to something that I've seen in the recent past, not great, not great, Bob. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Blackhawks are going to be terrible, and you know as expected, Corey Crawford ends up retiring, so he's not going to play somewhere else. Uh, it's going to be a mess, but uh, NHL betting. You know, what's interesting, Sukas, is um, how NHL betting has changed. Now, I, I'm not the biggest hockey better, but I will tell you over the last couple of years, one thing that I have noticed is uh, the instant gratification world that we live in. And there are a lot of people, they're not even betting on the whole game or the total for the entire game, which at times has touched seven in recent seasons. They're just betting the first period. I'm going to watch the first 20 minutes. I'm going to bet on the total. I'm going to bet over one and a half goals. And uh, some of these books are already starting to put games at two for that first period. Because the first period, the total is never as high as it is for periods two and three. So a lot of people love betting over one and a half. That, okay, so a buddy of mine mentioned that to me last night. He's like, oh, I love the Rangers first period. I just take the position that, if you're an NHL team and you're laying a goal and a half to the Red Wings, that's a profitable bet and just pick against the Red Wings. Uh, that's my only angle, and okay. it's been pretty successful the okay. past few seasons, unfortunately. Are they, are they going to be at the very bottom? How ugly is it going to be? It's going to be bad. Uh, I think between them and Chicago, it could get, it could get <laughs> real ugly. That's sad. I mean, yeah. original six, man. Come well, on. it's rebuild, right? We, we're it's rebuilding. Um, you know, hey, Joe, I can't thank you enough, brother. This is always a fun chat with you. Uh, hopefully we can we can run it back, uh, you know, soon down the road. Always, always fun talking to you, bro. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, just quickly throw something out. Uh, I, I'm having a tough time laying 10 with the Chiefs. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in that matchup. That's what I'm not sure about. But I do like the Packers inside of a touchdown against the Rams. I think that thing uh, could get ugly at Lambeau. Interesting. Aaron Donald coming back. Uh, 
That's interesting. I I haven't decided what I'm going to do. All I know is I need Furman Citadel over. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's it's hard You're times sick. in the household. You're sick. You're sick. <laughs> hey hey! Shout out Southland Conference, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, Joe Joe Ostrowski, Bet Sweats is the show. Six seventy score is the station. The best in the business, my opinion. Love you, Joe. Right after this break, we're going to come back with Ari Temkin. We're going to talk some Dallas Cowboys foosball uh, and why Jerry Jones is going insane. And we'll be back right after these words. What's going on? It's Matt Bernier from the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. Be sure to join us every Monday, occasionally Tuesdays, but for the most part, every Monday, however you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's YouTube, you name it, you can find it a million different places, including InTheMoneyPodcast.com. It's the Matt Bernier Show. Anything and everything to do with the world of horse racing. All right, new guest to the StuCast, uh, a guy that I've been talking a little bit back and forth and, and doing my due diligence. When you see somebody that people you think are very smart are following uh, and you start reading uh, what they're putting out there and it's very smart, uh, you kind of want them on the show. So from 105.3, the fan uh, and the Cowboys home radio station, that, it don't get much bigger than that. And also Sirius XM's college Big 12 analyst and host, uh, Ari Temkin. Ari, pleasure, man. No, I appreciate you having me on. You're, uh, you're, you're too nice, man. You're too kind. You know, uh, uh, my buddy Joe Ostrowski from uh, 670 The Score in Chicago, he, he was just on and I gave him a nice little introduction and he's like, wow, you're really good at these. And I think I can introduce, I'd, hopefully I can keep up uh, with some of the analysis here, uh, but I, I got to start, you, you know, working for 105. And I grew up in Chicago, by the way, so I, I oh, grew up did. on 670. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grew up in uh, the... The northern suburbs amazing radio station amazing um yeah yeah and joel strauss does a great job yeah thank, he's yeah. got my dream job <laughs> well i don't know i mean the cowboys are pretty great to cover and and you do a lot That's of true. work on them uh you know I, I my boss at work would kill me i'd probably be doing some really menial tasks if i didn't hit the cowboys really tough season tough start the defense went from the worst i've ever seen to like not the worst i've ever seen because there is the <laughs> detroit lions uh what do you make of this team going forward and it, what's going on with dak in this contract situation yeah i mean a lot to unpack there um so i you know you could start with the the failures of the season i think were pretty obvious from you know, the outset, and that is, you know, they, they turn the ball over far too much and their defense is just atrocious. You know, going into the year, I, I wondered how bad their defense would be. And I, I kept saying before the season started, you know, this defense for the Cowboys could win a Super Bowl if you're, the, 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 this Cowboys team can win a Super Bowl if their defense is average. And so people are like, oh, they'll have an average defense. You kidding? And it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not sure about that. And obviously we saw that play out I and mean, they went from, you know, one of the worst defenses in the NFL and maybe even in NFL history to, uh, 
a bad defense. We'll say that they improved to be a bad defense over the course of the season. They still set the record for the Cowboys for points given up in a season. Some of that is certainly on the offense for all the turnovers that they had throughout the course of the season. But yeah, I mean, they, they obviously succumbed to a six and 10 season because they were very injured with Dak and, and their offensive line and they had a bad defense, which is just, you know, but, but the issue is they don't fix their defense from a personnel standpoint. They're, they're going to be better and probably a playoff team, but they're not going to be a Super Bowl team. You don't have to have a great defense, but you have to be better than they were consistently on the defensive side of the football last year. And I think part of it's not just scheme related, it's personnel related too. They've got to, we've got to improve their personnel, not just through the draft. So we'll see if the Cowboys do that. But um, yeah, you know, they, they fired line one of their, um, their off season is, is to take care of what they did with Mike Nolan and, and hiring Dan Quinn. But, now that now they've got to turn their attention to Dak Prescott and get a long-term deal done so that they can entertain the idea of potentially bringing in free agents to improve their defense. You know, I think, I think it's uh, kind of an interesting team in that you got, you got superstars, you got Amari Cooper, you got CD land, Dak, Ezekiel Elliott offensively that team just goes, but this year it certainly seemed like Tony Pollard was a much more, efficient back than Zeke was and when you look at that contract now uh in hindsight really really tough tough is a good word I think for it uh do do you think Zeke has a place going I mean obviously with the contract he's kind of stuck there but are we going to see more Tony Pollard or is, is Zeke gonna be the the main bell cow next year no, I mean, the contract dictates it. You know, you can't have a guy making as much money as he's making and not feed him. Um, and look, I, I agree. I mean, Pollard from a, a yards per carry basis this year and even last year is, is a more efficient back. Um, but they have different skill sets. I, I think they could complement each other in ways. You know, I, I, I would like to see them utilize together more in creative ways. I think that's one of the, the failures of this season. But I mean, it's not just a hindsight thing. I mean, I wouldn't have drafted Zeke. I wouldn't have paid Zeke. I mean, these are these are things I was saying before they did it. I would have never taken a running back that high. I would have never paid a running back. Cowboys did both. I would have taken Jalen Ramsey. I obviously still would have taken Jalen Ramsey. I would have paid Jalen Ramsey. That would that would have worked out in a much okay. better situation. That yeah, I mean, who knows okay. how it? Who knows what would have happened? And you know, especially given Dak when he was a rookie had some limitations, and I think Zeke did a really good job to take some of those limitations away. So it, it's it's. There's a lot of history we'd be rewriting, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on, it was, it's a bad deal in hindsight, but it was a bad deal at the time too. You just don't pay running backs. And um, you know, the Cowboys, the worst part is the way they negotiated that deal because it looked like they were gonna have a hard line on how much they were willing to pay him. And, you know, and they had to play out for a long time and then he wasn't in camp on time. He you know, it, they just didn't end up winning anything in negotiations. They ended up giving everything that Zeke wanted. So it's just not a good negotiation. They're, they're playing the same game with Dak Prescott. They've done it multiple times now with big-time players. Demarcus Lawrence is another one that they did this with. They've just not been good in in free agency and identifying the right players to pay and identifying you know, who can uh, – in evaluating their own personnel and free agency. They, they like The Cowboys have done a really good job through the draft really in the last decade. I think they've done a miserable job in free agency the last decade in terms of paying the right guys, identifying the right guys to pay, and then, and then paying guys from outside the organization to help improve the team. So it, being in the NFC, the Cowboys have, have long held a, a prominent position. I mean, they are America's team, right? 
but it, it feels weird with the Cowboys out of the playoffs for some reason. It just feels very weird. <laughs> Why? They, they're never in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I've grown up. I'm, I'm at an age now where I don't, I'm not a Cowboys fan in all transparency, but I just feel like they're in the playoffs like every year, every, every, <laughs> for some reason. I know it's a silly thing, especially based on the past few years. No, I, it's funny. I, there's a, there's a popularity level of the Cowboys, obviously. Um, you know, we're, we're, they're the, they're the most popular franchise in all of sports, arguably, but certainly, you know, from a way that their valued standpoint, they are, um, you know, highest valuation of any, of any team in sports. Um, so yeah, they, they command a lot of attention. And I think, you know, because of that, there's probably a lot of positive attention towards them. You know, like it, it seems like every year we fall for the same okie doke where it's like, Oh, they're going to be good this year. And, and I mean, I predicted they'd win 13 games this year. I thought the soft was going to be explosive and it was, but not as explosive as it could have been obviously without Dak Prescott. Um, so yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, they haven't, they haven't been to an NFC championship game since they won their last Super Bowl in the nineties. They're one of only three teams in the NFC in that same span, the lions and football team being the other two that have not played for an NFC championship game in the last two decades. Every other team in the NFC has played for an NFC championship, except for the Cowboys lions and, and football team. So they are, they have fallen on hard times, big time. Wow. Uh, you bring up my lions and. Yeah, the, you, you talk about hard times being a Lions fan. It's uh, it's across the bear, certainly. But, you know, <laughs> getting into this weekend with some actual football teams, uh, what are you looking forward to most? I mean, you know, I, not necessarily, you know, going in depth on every game, but what, what do you think some of the keys to victory are for, for you know, the Packers, the Rams, you know, in, in these games? What, what's your take on it? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not sure Kansas City Cleveland will be much of a good game, quite honestly. Um, I, I just think Kansas City will do a better job in, in, in forcing Baker Mayfield to have to consistently make throws and not just, you know, rely so much on Nick Chubb in that running game. Um, so I, I think Kansas City will, will pretty easily handle uh, Cleveland and what Ravens and, and Buffalo. That's probably the best game of the weekend. Um, talking about two young up and coming stud quarterbacks, obviously Lamar Jackson already has an MVP. Um, and you know, I mean, Buffalo is, if you still haven't bought into how good they are, you know, I don't know what you've been missing, but Buffalo is legit. I mean, they are as deep and a talented as a roster as there is in the NFL. They're really good on defense. They're well coached. They're smart. So I'm, I'm very curious to see that matchup, you know, the matchup of that, that Ravens offense versus the Buffalo defense. And, and, you know, I, I think Buffalo will win that game and I'm, I'm, you know, but uh, it's, it's to me the best game of the weekend. And then we have what Packers Rams. Yep. And what's the other NFC game? It's Saints Bucks. Saints and Saints and Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. The NFC has been so bad this year. And you think about there's an eight and eight team that got into the playoffs and a seven and nine team. Meanwhile, in the AFC, there was a, a, a 10 win team left out of the playoffs. Um, I, I like, I like the Packers to come out of the NFC without much resistance, to be honest with you. You know, I, obviously the, the saints are good, but I just don't know that they're good enough at quarterback at this point in time. I mean, Drew Brees is a great all-time player. He's a hall of fame player, but in terms of just the explosiveness of matching green Bay, that, that to me, I just don't know that I, I trust 
Green Bay. I trust Green Bay to get enough stops. I don't know that I trust New Orleans' defense to get enough stops against that that explosive Packers offense. So I, I think this is going to be a year of chalk. We've already seen that in sports where some of the preseason favorites have won championships. I think Alabama was like the second highest preseason favorite. Um, the the Tampa Bay Lightning were the preseason favorite in the NHL. The the Lakers were one of the preseason. So we're it's just a year of chalk in sports, and I, I think this won't. I think the Super Bowl won't be any different. Um, I expect the, the the Packers and the Chiefs to play for the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I I would call you you know crazy, but uh, yeah, I think we get a <laughs> Super Bowl one rematch. Let's run it back. Yeah. Um, right. Your others, you know, besides covering the Cowboys and the NFL, you also, as I mentioned, Sirius XM College Network uh, covering the Big Twelve. The Big 12 is, you know, wildly interesting, especially the past few weeks, uh, both basketball and football. Real quick, what's your take on the Sarkeesian hire at Texas? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. You know, I do think that – I think there's this this belief that, you know, Texas do – they, do they improve that much? You know, did, was it worth – paying out the buyouts at 22 million bucks they ended up having to pay out for tom herman to get rid of him and you know is, is sark much of an upgrade i think you have to separate those two things you know you had to get rid of tom herman period uh herman regardless of the money that he was still owed had probably topped out he clearly in hindsight did not have a great relationship with his players he was not well liked within the um athletic department i, I don't think he had many i don't think he had any allies and so at the end of the day, when you're not winning on a level the fans expect you to be winning at, and you don't have many allies, I mean, it's tough to retain you. And he just wasn't recruiting Texas well. He was not recruiting the Dallas-Fort Worth area well, which is, I mean, if you're Texas and you're not recruiting those areas well, you're that's just atrocious. Um, and so, I mean, I do think that they needed to get rid of Tom Herman. So wh- where they go to replace him, it's an independent decision. You could argue that it wasn't the best hire that they could have gone, done, gone another direction, but those two aren't related. They didn't, they didn't fire Herman to hire Sark. They fired Herman because they needed to fire Herman. And I agree with that decision. So now you go to Crystal Conti, the athletic director of Texas, didn't hire Tom Herman, didn't hire Shaka Smart. He makes the biggest hire of his tenure. Obviously he, he get he, he gets the guy that he wanted and you know, there's a lot riding on it. And I don't know that anybody can tell you for certain if Sark's going to be a good coach. Nobody can. Anybody that says they know for certain whether he's going to be good or bad is lying. They have no idea. Sark, I think, has the pieces to be a good coach. He's obviously a brilliant offensive mind. Recruiting is going to be most important. You know, you know, I, I think sometimes we overplay the importance of schemes in college football and college sports because, I mean, not like Saban is this just brilliant tactician. I mean, he's he's smart, but so much of what his success is rooted in is he has the best players every year. So, you know, his success 100% is going to be linked to the success in recruiting and specifically the state of Texas um, and this in Dallas, because that was an area specifically that Tom Herman was not very good and consistent at. So I, I thought it was the right move to fire Tom Herman. Um, I trust and think that Chris Del Conte is a really good and smart athletic director and his, his entire career is depending upon him making the right hire here. And I, you know, I, I trust that he's made the right hire, but there's a lot of questions and nobody knows for certain if he's the right hire uh, we'll, we'll see and let the results for, speak for themselves. But um, I'm excited to see what this will be like. And, and again, I, independent decisions, you know, they, they needed to fire Herman and then who they hire after that is inconsequential because they need to get rid of Herman. 
got a question for you on Oklahoma, but getting back to Herman, you know, uh, that game in the Red River, uh, I don't know if they still call it the shootout or whatever. I'm going to call, call it whatever you want. I'm going to call go. it the shootout. Uh, it, it, you look at that game, he wins one outright and loses two in overtime. Uh, what what happens if he wins those two? Is he still the head coach at Texas? I mean, if my aunt had an extra appendage, she'd be my uncle, right? You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I um, I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, he, you could do that with a lot of games. I mean, he 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 did not do well against TCU in his time. That 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 that's not good. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if. Maybe the question is if he had beaten Oklahoma twice a couple of years ago when they won the Big 12 champ, when Oklahoma beat them in the Big 12 championship, are we talking about a different thing? Like, I, I think he needed to win a Big 12 title, you know? Yeah. And this was the year. Um, Oklahoma was down. They were, you know, they, they had new new players coming in, and Texas was experienced. They had the experienced quarterback. They had, you know, experienced defense. Like, they, this was the year that Texas was supposed to win it. And, you know, you've got to win Big 12 championships and, 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 beyond that right i mean you've got to win big 12 championships in texas and get the playoffs and obviously you got to win a big 12 championship to be in the playoff discussion so i i don't know that you could isolate any one loss in the regular season more importantly than you can the the big 12 championship the one big 12 championship game that herman played in his time at texas and say if he wins that he's probably in much better shape to keep his job for sure that's a fair point you mentioned oklahoma starting off the year real tough uh, Spencer Rattler, like he, he had moments and you could tell that it just wasn't in the cards this year. And, and I think Lincoln Riley even actually came out and kind of alluded to, Hey, this is kind of a rebuilding year for whatever that is and whatever that means at an Oklahoma, but by the end of the season, and I know they, you know, according to Dan Mullen, they played the second string for Florida, but completely different team by the end of the season it's a very scary proposition with Spencer Rattler at QB for the next two years. And uh, Oklahoma's defense, not bad. Like that's, that's another scary part of the equation. It seems like the, he's got a talent to really put uh, his foot on the throat of the big 10, the next, or the big 12, excuse me, the next two years. Is that the case? Or do you think there's another team that can challenge? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think we're, we're set for, a rematch between Iowa state and Oklahoma and the big 12 championship next year, because Iowa state reload, you know, they, they're, they're back with their, you know, basically 19 other 22 starters are back. So, I mean, that's scary too, but yeah, I mean, you know, your point on Oklahoma is well stated, you know, I, I'd say Rattler is definitely going to be the quarterback next year, but I don't know beyond that because, you know, he's, he certainly would be draft eligible if he has a good season. Caleb Williams is kind of behind him. Number one recruit in the country. Um, a quarterback. So, you know, he's, he'll sit behind him next year and then, you know, he'll, he'll be ready to start. And so I think, you know, that's probably how Lincoln looks at it too, that Spencer goes out and has a good year next year. He's three years removed as a redshirt sophomore and he's draft eligible. And, you know, Spencer, if he has the year that he's capable of, will probably be a, a first round pick, um, you know, after, after next season. And look, they, they, yeah, I mean, they hit a crossroads in that red river game last year because they were Owen two. Spencer Rattler had two turnovers early in that game and, and Lincoln Riley benched him. And that was a huge turning point for he and that Oklahoma Sooners offense. You know, it was at that moment in time where Rattler then returns the game and plays much better. And I mean, the rest is history. They go on to win 
their sixth straight Big 12 championship. So, you know, Marvin Mims is a guy. I mean, it wasn't just the quarterback situation. It was, you know, they, they had the majority of the year without experience at running backs. They were kind of inexperienced there. They were inexperienced out wide. Marvin Mims, a stud that came in that had to emerge. So, yeah, I mean, they're, their players kind of emerged on schedule. And then the big surprise was their defense, especially up front. It was a very disruptive, disruptive defensive front. They were one of the worst defenses in college football history. A couple of years ago, they were average last year and they were legit good this year. Uh, so going to next season, they will 100% be a team that's going to be considered for the playoffs, certainly preseason. And, and those expectations are high. Um, but Iowa state's a team that certainly could compete with them next year. And, you know, if Sark does well next year and we're, continues to recruit well um he already got a, a four-star in the 2022 class to commit um then you know no expectations are that texas should be there too switching over to basketball uh, a conference dominated by kansas but not this year baylor i've pegged baylor as easily the second best team in the country uh behind the zags and i don't know if michigan or or a few other teams can even touch Baylor because it's just a well put together lineup that can do everything pretty well and doesn't really do anything bad. And then juxtapose that with Texas and Gabe Brown and the flashiness that they are. Uh, I mean, this is a really great basketball conference. Two questions here. Is Baylor going to lose uh, a, a big 12 game this year? Uh, and second of all, who, who's because you still got Kansas, Oklahoma State's got Cade Cunningham for what that's worth. Texas uh, Tech is still looming out there as a good ball club. I mean, it, right. there's talent here. Is West Virginia. Team? West Virginia. I can't forget Bob Huggins. Uh, wh what do you think about Baylor's chances at running the table here? And then if not, is there any team that you're pinpointing to kind of approach them at the top of the leaderboard in the big 12? I, I actually think Baylor's the best team in the country. Um, I went to Kansas and, and I saw Kansas Zach Gonzaga. And I mean, that's an impressive team, but Baylor experienced depth defense and they've got it all. There's just no holes. I'm not to say that Gonzaga does, but I just think, you know, obviously Kansas or, or Baylor plays in a better conference and, so like, I think when it's all said and done, Gonzaga is going to be the number one seed in the tournament, but Baylor's my favorite to win the national championship. They're going to lose a big 12 game. They might even lose two or three big 12 games. The big 12 is so good this year. I mean, anytime Kansas is the third best team in the conference, I mean, you're, you're talking about a loaded conference. Um, Kansas has won 14 in the last 15 big 12 championships. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what they've done to this conference. And yet at this point in time, they've lost two big 12 conference games already. And that seems like an insurmountable lead for Texas and Baylor, considering Texas yeah. already has a win against Kansas in, in Allen Fieldhouse. So, um, you know, like I, I, Kansas is completely dead for the conference championship yet, but it's, it's a low percentage chance at this point. And Kansas still has a lot of things to figure out um, in terms of what kind of style they want to play. Baylor's legit. You know, they, they are experienced. They've got a great backcourt. They can defend the heck out of you. They're probably the best defensive team in the country. Um, and there's just so many ways they can score and, and just, they come at you in waves. I mean, they, they could do a line change like hockey with their second unit and be an elite level scoring unit. Um, but I do, they will lose a game, you know, a couple probably they're not gonna run the table in the big 12 this year. It's too good. Texas, um, 
you know, they, that game has already been postponed, which I think is good. I'd rather see those two teams play a little bit later in the season when they're more established, but Texas is great. You mentioned Greg Brown and, and, you know, he adds a different dynamic to this team. You know, there, there's so, there's so much depth there with their backcourt, Matt Coleman and Andrew Jones. Um, and, and, um, you know, and then you add Greg Brown to the mix who's a legit, you know, legit NBA player who can, you know, stretch the floor, uh, Ray, Courtney Ramey's another guy I, mi- I missed in terms of their backcourt. And then, you know, Jericho Sims, legit rim protector. Last year, they needed Sims to be kind of what Brown is this year, and he was miscast in that role. This year, he's way better suited for the position he's in. So, yeah, I mean, I I think there's clearly that upper tier with Baylor and, and Texas. I don't know that Kansas is in that upper tier. And then you have Kansas probably in that second tier. And then you have, you know, Oklahoma State, who just beat Kansas last night. But uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia. And so it's kind of like, all right, who from those teams can join Kansas in that second tier? But um, Tech's really good. They're really well coached. West Virginia is going through some internal issues with Oscar Sheboy leaving the program. And, yeah, Sheboy leaving. And I, I heard Kentucky, I yep, think. Yep. Yeah, that's Yeah, tough. he's transferred to Kentucky. Um, so, you know, but West Virginia's still really good. They're, they're, their biggest issue is their scoring, especially from the perimeter. Um, when you look at kind of Bay. And, and, and Texas, those are teams that have great depth with their wings. West Virginia doesn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's legit six teams in this conference that could be tournament teams, maybe even seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying Big 12 basketball because you're right, there is a lot of parity. Uh, you, you, we kind of spanned the gamut, Cowboys, NFL, college basketball, a, a little crazy conversation here. Where can people find more of your information? Where are you at? Sure. Um, follow me on Twitter at RE Sports, A-R-I Sports. Uh, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel if you like the Cowboys at youtube.com forward slash RE Sports. And uh, yeah, check out Big 12 Radio, channel 375 on Sirius XM. Um, you know, Sirius XM, if you don't subscribe, consider subscribing. It, it's as Phenomenal. somebody that's worked for, appreciate you saying that, as somebody that's worked for radio companies, before and has worked for Sirius XM. Not many radio companies care about good content. They don't care about it. They, they care exclusively about the bottom line. I'm not just saying that because I work for Sirius XM. I'm saying that as somebody that cares about good content and, and good content creators like yourself, Alan. And um, that's, I love working for Sirius XM because that's, they, they, don't, they all they care about is good content because they believe that will translate to, uh, uh, to, to subscribers. And again, I've worked for a lot of radio companies that do not care about content at all. So if you care about content, uh, support SiriusXM. No, it's fantastic. And I do, I do listen to the NFL network and, and the college one when, uh, when I do tune in. Um, and it's well worth it. It's, it's cheap. It's, it's what, nine bucks a month. I mean, there's, that's, it's, yeah. And it's I think, pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just call up and name your price. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty, pretty sure. much. Um, Ari, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully we can get you, uh, around draft time, talk a little Cowboys draft strategy and why you're picking another wide out. Uh, that'll be fun. <laughs> Definitely we, not. We just no, I appreciate Dak another weapon. I mean, no, you can't do that. <laughs> thought about it. Thought about it. No. Yeah. It's yes. It's an offensive league. It doesn't hurt to have, you know, a cache of great, Offensive weapons, uh, but yeah, I mean, you you probably got to go Patrick Sertan or you got to do something on defense. Guy there, no, I mean Sertan has to probably. Be the pick. Yeah, yeah, probably. 
All right. Unless well, they want right. to go defensive tackle because Barmore looks has looked really good too. Oh yeah, Bar. Yeah, that him. makes sense too. Rousseau, I've seen him dropping that. Yeah, I think I think the Cowboys get better defensively in the draft. It's going to be hard to mess up this pick. But you know, <laughs> the Lions have drafted two tight ends in the top ten before, so <laughs> it's possible. Uh, Ari, thank you. Shout out to Joe O. Uh, thank thank you to him. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next Monday. John Alba talking everything Central Florida sports, a little bit of wrestling too, and some Bruce Springsteen. It's a fun show. Check it out. We'll be back on Monday and we'll see you after a while.